If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comic Bureau Field Report. The Comic Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe Podcast family. That is why on your favorite podcast platform reads Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report and not the Comedy Bureau Field Report. I don't know that I've even gotten an email directly from Believe about This is my favorite podcast where the host begins every show by shitting on his distributor. This is fantastic. And yet, the people that I know that listen tell me, thank you for doing that. Because when I first listened, I was like, wait, why is it called that? Like, Jake didn't tell me it was called Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. And then the episode starts and you're like, oh, got it. Thank you, Jake. And that is why at uh, episode 175, we're still doing this bit at the top of the pot. People are like, what? They won't get it otherwise. It is it is humorous to me to think like like somebody actually going through the act of listening to this and be like, huh? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got you to gotta spell it out for people. Right, right, right. Like, just automatically answer their first question. Uh, The sound of that laughter and that voice is one of my favorite people in comedy. uh, An L.A. uh, comedy uh, pillar, I would say. Holding up a a lot of folks and uh, a very, very funny man himself. And about to be published author of a great book on the history of Chicago comedy. The perfect amount of wrong. Please give it up for Mike Bridenstine, everybody. Thank you. He's called me a pillow. He just pronounces it in a southern dialect. I'm a pillar of the Chicago. Blame family. Zoom that you you the pillar did not come through. <laughs> no, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for yeah, yeah. thank you for thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, how's it going, Mike? Wonderful. Now that I see you, and you, oh. I, I kind of want you to go blonde again. I got to be honest. Oh, I will. I will. It's a it's a time and money thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought about doing it because they're mm-hmm. because of the SAG strike, but yeah. turns out commercial auditions still happening. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. So SAG after a WGA strike allows you to do commercials, yeah. game shows, yeah, news. Some yeah, like it's it's very no one like most things in the news, nobody has ever tried to explain it to me. So I just find out as I go. Right. Right. I had a commercial audition. I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, they have a different contract. And I'm like, that makes sense. 
And this is why we need late night back. Because how are we going to hear? How about... are we going to hear? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Should, not going to uh, watch Greg Gutfeld complain a- about Barbie. Oh, come on. Gutfeld, he's, he's the man. I almost, I mean, it would be self-serving or, you know, just preaching to the choir. But I'd almost want to, like, do a, a watch along, like, like Twitch thing or something and point out that he mostly doesn't tell jokes. And he's not a either did Chelsea Handler. I mean, that's uh, Chelsea Handler. She surrounded surrounded herself with comedians. Right. Yeah. She would have like Kevin Hart. And he's got uh, the best he Gutfeld has is David Angelo. (laughs) David, David Angelo. He man, I remember if I did if I did a watch along, if I did a watch along and Angelo was on there, I would be laughing the whole time. Angelo's hilarious. Angelo is hilarious. Hey, remember when 2016 happened and we're like, David, are you going to the dark side? What's going on? He's, I mean, but he made it work for him on the Daily Show, I guess. He's, yeah, yeah. I, I love David Angelo. Yeah. Politics I remember, aside. Right. I, re- I, I remember, I think the last time I saw David was at Tribal Cafe, uh, not too far from where he used to live. He, like, he yeah. tried the open mic there. Wow. And, and, those who don't know, they don't even do open mics there anymore. But um, <laughs> people often complain about it as one of the terrible place, which is so funny to me because there's so many worse places to do open mic comedy. But what people hated was that it, it's like a smoothie place primarily. <laughs> and people's smoothies would be made throughout the entire mic. So no one could hear you. Well, I mean, that is awful. But yeah coming from the chicago scene where trains go past like mm-hmm. all the time that was kind of right it was kind of fine right yeah i I, 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 I was shouting over uh bartenders for the first you know five years of comedy does train noise ever become like white noise if you hear it so much for sure yeah you just it's just a part of life there you just hear it whooshing past and hope just like you know, helicopters and sirens here just like helicopters and sirens like comics used to address the helicopters or be like oh there's my ride or something now it's just kind of like we're gonna let this helicopter go past yeah absolutely that's just where we live but i saw david at tribal cafe and uh here's no one does well tribal that's just how that works it's you know I've had plenty. I've had plenty of fun times at Tribal. Oh, I, I didn't go say to, I would I go to sixteen forty two and come back though. Right. I didn't say you couldn't have fun. I said nobody did well. <laughs> I would <laughs> go in there with John Roy, and both of us would do great. I gotta say, I you know I believe that. I mean, I'm saying that as an overarching, overgeneralizing statement. I've done well at Tribal. There you go. Yeah, but like mo- for the most part, like if you're going in thinking like, oh, I'm gonna kill it. Yeah, you're in the wrong. You're in the wrong. <laughs> you're in the wrong. Bring your own blender, buddy. You gotta. Yeah, and I just remember David it, like two jokes in. And, you know, it was whatever. He was. It, they weren't landing, but it wasn't necessarily his fault. He's just like, come on, guys. You don't have <laughs> like any of this. See, Angelo's thing was. I remember specifically. I think Eric Abrams told me this. I hope I'm not putting him on blast. He would be like, Angelo does bad in high pressure situations. Uh-huh. But when there's like zero pressure, I don't, and I don't know if that's true. He probably does right. great. Um, mm-hmm. He's done well for himself, but uh, he would, he would murder an impossible situation. I, I want to make this a term, Mike, Michigan frog syndrome, Michigan frog syndrome. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? No. 
the like WD WB frog who like wears a uh, tux and tails yeah. and be able to like sing like operatic and and like in an alley when no one was looking. And then when some crazy dude walks by, he's like, oh, my God, I found the perfect like I'm going to make money off of this frog. And he would show it off to everybody. It would just go ribbit, ribbit. OK, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is there are probably self sabotaging open mic comics who have thrived you know by going to ever three open mics a day and then if they got in front of an actual audience would not know what to do because the timing is all off the laughter and like applause breaks would throw them off right that even the idea that like people are like okay we want to watch you not like yeah i, not, I, I like just want to go up yeah there's not like an adversarial relationship with the crowd if they actually liked you like they're comics that wouldn't know what to do yeah for sure yeah i'm not saying angelo is one of those i just want to be clear angelo is a fantastic comic this was probably 10 years ago when this was even said about him yeah right right anyways with this is a very special episode uh that we're doing uh mike is a, a return guest to the comic bureau field report love having mike on um this week we are going to go over uh some some of the perennial big lists that uh are released in comedy that people ascribe a lot of value to it's essentially sort of a power rankings for comedy uh, whether you agree with it or not uh full disclosure i mean i have a hand maybe a tiny hand in the vultures communes you shouldn't will know list Mm-hmm. Um, uh, partially for the fact that I told them they can't call them comedians you should know because that's already a brand yeah and they're like yeah okay how about comedians you should and will know does that work <laughs> I'm like I think legally yes it is better yeah it's better Uh, so that list has not come out yet we are still adjudicating yes um, but Variety's top comics, 10 comics to watch. Uh, and just for laughs, Montreal's new faces of comedy have been released. Uh, and, you know, people picked it apart. And, you know, I think a little bit, but, you know, the lists have become so big. And there's so much politicking, perhaps, or trying to figure out optics on both ends. Um and so that's why we're going to talk about it uh, <laughs> and how they're all wrong. I mean, they're often wrong. Yeah. They, well, yeah, yeah. There's always going to be snubs. I mean, that's part of Rolling Stone keeps releasing a top whatever guitar solos of whatever year <laughs> they want to do it because people will argue and they will. For sure. Yeah. 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 So, Mike, uh, as someone who runs two weekly stand-up shows in L.A., uh, is a GM of a comedy venue, has been uh, in comedy in all respects as a stand-up uh, actor, podcaster, et cetera, et cetera, for years and years and years. What are your feelings on lists like this and what it means for comedians? Well, I think that it's it's great for the comedians who get on it i mean it or i should say it doesn't hurt them it doesn't hurt. it's, it doesn't it's hurt. like graduating from an ivy league school it's not gonna hurt you unless you're trying to be in the nba or something like right. it's gonna it's gonna be good i i i i feel like 
telling people, oh, I've done Montreal New Faces is an automatic like, oh, like that's a real credit. You know what I mean? Like that's something everybody wants that is hard to get. Right. um, I also know that these are not necessarily stand up lists. It's not necessarily saying these are the best stand ups. So people get twisted into knots over that. That's telling the industry who does not give a fuck about stand up. These people are funny at stand up. Uh-huh. Do other shit with them. Right. Or follow like get them to tour that sort of thing. They're saying these people are popular currently. Right. Or should be. Right. Put them in movies. Put them in TV shows. Put them in like other things. Right. Have them write for your thing. These people are the good ones. Right. Or they're ready to be presented to industry. Right. So stand up comedy while it is a factor, I feel like is not necessarily the number one thing that people are looking for. Even though New Faces dedicates four of their categories to stand-up? Correct. I because I don't I think that there's a lot of horse trading that happens. I think there's a lot of backroom deals that happen. You want my, I'm a, I'm a manager, let's say. I want, you want comedian, big, big name comedian X. Well, you got to take two of my small comedians for new faces. That sort of stuff right. happens. I can't claim that I've been in the room for that happening. Sure. But I've heard from people who mm-hmm. get that, who have been on the, you know, receiving end of that, a few people that that is like the sort of thing that happens. So what I was told, and this could be apocryphal, it could be anything is it's about one third. These people deserve it. One third. This is a favor. Mm-hmm. And then um, one third, I guess, attention seeking, or I guess the way that was put to me would be different. It's like a, this person will get clicks or ratings that sort of thing oh yeah or this this uh because of their popularity we feel that they will lend more legitimacy to a certain yes set of people yeah yeah okay and so that's what that's why the snubs are worth you know right talking about too because or i mean also the snubs it doesn't mean there's people that audition six years in a row i mean there's like that sort of yeah. thing right um and so it doesn't mean getting snubbed doesn't mean you're done. Right. But, but at the same time, for the people who do get it, it's like the McDonald's all American game for basketball. It's, right. you know, it's just a coming out party for industry mm-hmm. nine times out of 10. What it means is you're going to go have a bunch of general meetings with mm-hmm. casting directors and development right. people right. who will tell you, we already knew who you were and you right. go, sure. You fucking did. And then you take your Diet Coke or your water and then you like, you know, and then um, you find out they want you for world's dumbest and you're going right. to go and or something like that. It, or yeah. or your set lands you a late night set and right. you hope that you didn't burn all your material for that, and you hope that, you know, right. you can, you know, keep the momentum going because next year it's going to be a bunch of new people and momentum. Yeah. yeah, that's that. Like, I remember the first, uh, one of the first years I like 
paid attention to new faces. Lori Roggenkamp got yeah, yeah, yeah. Kept. And Lori's so funny. And like I don't think anything really happened at with her after. Maybe she got like I mean, she got a rep for sure. I mean, that's the whole point of unwrapped uh for new faces, but it really isn't gonna just the credit alone, while impressive, is not necessarily going to get you anything. No, I mean, mine was chocked, filled with Kumail, Pete Holmes, Moshe, Rory, Crystalia. Right. Um, <laughs> let's see, who else is in mine? Uh, Mike Kaplan was in mine. Uh, you know, there's Duncan Trussell was in mine, but there's also like people who have quit comedy, you know what right. I mean, that were in that were in mine. Who so it's like, you know, you have to be. You can't bomb at the audition. So I don't, I don't, I think that you have to be, you have to be a good standup. Sure. Period. Right. But it is not necessarily, it's based on casting as much as it is on right. standup comedy. If you and, are a, like a killer comedian with X identity, if they, if you are then competing with other people from that mm-hmm. identity, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, and that's... A, a woman, uh, a woman of color, and me, a white guy, are not competing for the same spot. Right. Not anymore, according to the Supreme Court. Oh, right. Yeah. Shout, out, that... shout out, former new face Clarence Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> oh he's, boy, he's doing well with it. Yeah, his type five would be about um, how he <laughs> coke can pubes on. The, oh, there's a pubic hair in my on my folks. <laughs> yep, yep. You guys seen Long Dong Silver, folks? <laughs> I think he would be happy if people walked away from his set, not thinking he was funny, but that he was innocent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, his hype man would be Joe Biden. <laughs> cool or whoever that billionaire was that like what harlan crow yeah right the Doesn't. most evil like like uh captain planet sounding villain yeah his name is harlan crow he sounds like a wrestling manager or something wrestling manager or his job is pollution <laughs> i make a billion dollars dumping you know the toxic toxic waste sludge into this river how does that make any sense i don't know i'm a villain (laughs) yeah we need a villain for this episode of captain planet harlan crow is your man yeah absolutely uh for variety that's new faces for varieties comics to watch for the most part it's just being famous sure yeah or people that are getting things yeah, I mean, I remember Lauren Lapkus got it one year and she was in the Jurassic Park movie that year. And I was like, oh, cool. Great. Yeah. So who is this list for? Like, like you the the weird part about variety is they pick like people that are essentially famous or they have gigantic followings online. Yeah. And it's an industry magazine. Like people who yeah. aren't in the entertainment industry as like reps or producers or directors or writers they don't read it yeah i think it's it's i think it's a party in montreal that week you know what i mean sure. it's like the same and i don't know how much weight people put on it outside right. of 
this that I don't know how much weight people put on it because I think that there's so many types of comics in it and comics who have already gotten stuff. So I think that new comics, like they don't fight and hem and haw over it because it's like, this is for famous people. Yeah. I mean, even though there's, even though there's comics on it this year that like I was introduced to, I was like, let's check them out. And then like ended up really liking what I saw. You know? So yeah, it's, but yeah, they usually come from a different sphere because they're like on TikTok or something and they don't, do stand up necessarily right i mean i've been to that party it was fine you know yeah. it was was it diet coke and water or is no it... i was hung over because it was montreal so this was, so i think that i was like let's find enough alcohol to make me feel less bad and then that was it that's the thing about montreal you know is uh that is a fucking party town it's a it's a wide open city as they say there's uh <laughs> there's red light district and yeah people there like to have a good time in the summer yeah when i went there i like i hadn't been to montreal before and i was like looking around for the shows and venues and stuff and i would see people in line behind like velvet ropes i'm like oh this must be like for jfl and no people were just like getting into a nightclub yeah and there's and even the festival itself has weird like uh russell peters is djing this party and you're like okay i'll go to this and then it's just that's what it is oh that's you're just like at a rave like djing he did in 2009 uh-huh are we remembering the same thing did we go there the same year no 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 okay so i'm remembering a different thing this is like one of those you know if louis was written about a different comedian this oh yeah, oh, something happened, right? Yeah, so the Lopez tonight, George Lopez used to have a late night talk show, got canceled, and they didn't even give him like a week or a month to say goodbye. They're like effective immediately. Great. Uh, and so that was that night coincided with with what was supposed to be Augie Smith's uh, late night debut, and oh. they they bumped him for. I believe Ron Artest now. He's not Meta World Peace anymore. Great. Yeah. Doing two minutes of stand-up, most of which consisted of, my name's Meta World Peace. How could I foul anybody? Augie Smith got bumped for Ron Artest? Yeah. And then, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. This This is great. Yeah. And then to add insult to injury, um, Russell Peters was DJ. Good God. Okay. So they didn't even have like an actual comedian do comedy. That is they had bizarre. Ron in like, like 70s style Lakers attire, like short shorts and like a tight Jersey. <laughs> Just do two minutes. And it was terrible. And uh, Augie had to just sit there and watch. And then he came to uh, the Comedy Palace at the Palace Restaurant when that was a thing. And he just kind of like told a story about uh, <laughs> this whole thing and how it felt like um, a doctor running a test that required him sticking a na- needle in his dick Uh and whether he knew what if it would be good or not, there's only one way to find out by doing it. Augie Smith came to my college in mm-hmm. 2002 or three and got a standing ovation. I've known who he was for 20 years. 
Augie is so funny. He has standing ovation at the University of Iowa. Yeah. Amazing. As a as a you know, 2003. But uh yeah, I mean, I wonder he's probably got a new face or something like that at some point. I mean, I don't know how long New Faces has been around. I after I wrote the years, I think. I inquired about getting a list of let me see if I have it. Like as after I wrote the the book, I um was trying to think of like the next thing I wanted to do. And I could go back as far as 1999. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. I remember a class of new faces what had like Marin and Attell and Dave Anthony. Oh, Dave Anthony. Um, I, I, man, Dave Anthony was 2002. Right. His, his year. Let me look at it. Cause I have it pulled up. Martha Kelly was in 2002. Yeah. Um, Tammy Pescatelli, Al Madrigal was in that year. Damn, Finesse Mitchell, mm-hmm. um, Cat Williams was in that year. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a wild year, huh? Yeah, that was a good one. Angry white guys and loud black dudes. <laughs> yeah, and Dave Anthony has a jawline that could cut glass. In that, it's like I sent him a photo. I was like, "What's up with this?" And he's like, "Yeah, I wasn't fucking around back then." <laughs> But yeah, they. I think that the first year of it, maybe Marin and Patton were in it, and like, but there's like this dead period in the '90s where I guess nobody. It's like the early days of TV when nobody saved the fucking tapes. Like nobody thought to keep track of who is getting this. You know what I mean? And that, then it that must have been like the years for Aspen when that was a thing. HBO. Aspen. Yeah, yeah. Because you could either back in those days, like Kinane never got new faces, and or Eric Andre or John Mulaney because they kind of traded off who got fresh faces at Aspen and who got new faces at Montreal. I think those were the terms. Right. Oh yeah. Except that maybe Dwayne Kennedy did both. I think maybe he got both, but yeah. Oh, shout out Dwayne Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. He's still in Chicago. I, th- I believe so. Yeah. Unless uh, Kamau's got him doing something uh, brilliant. Uh huh. Although Kamau is now a documentarian. Right, he does very serious uh, things now. But I mean, but if it's punched up, the the person that you want is Dwayne Kennedy. You can handle. Yeah. I mean, you want something heavy turned into something genius. That's who you get. Oh yeah, absolutely. Dwayne T. Kennedy. Um. Okay, so we're talking about these lists, and with new faces, you know, it's kind of up in the air whether you get stuff because of it or not. Varieties comics to watch. You've already gotten stuff. Uh, you've just, already, yeah. That's the point of it, right? Like, it's a victory lap. Yeah, 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 for sure. Same I with mean, same with Vulture to a certain extent. Well, what's interesting? I was going to point this out. So, Sarah Squirm slash Sarah Sherman. Yeah. Got I forget what year it is, but like she got Vulture's. Uh, mm-hmm. You shouldn't will know. And she then, did new faces. And the next year she got new faces. Yeah. And uh, the year after that she got SNL. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think that um SNL tends to take a lot of the character people. Did she get it? Did she do characters or new well, faces? Well, kind of. Well, I mean, I think what's attractive about having Sarah on SNL is that she can do characters. Okay. She can also do stand-up and she also can like write and direct and bring a new aesthetic to SNL instead of like 
you know, I ran to uh, Alex English last week and um, he wrote uh, Lisa from Temecula, that sketch that people mm. like went bonkers over. And he he was telling me that it almost got cut because it like bombed a dress, even though people were talking about it all week. And um, he uh, he was swore it got it was going to get cut because it bombed a dress and there was already another restaurant sketch in the show. So he's like, they're not going to do like two sketches in the same setup. That'd be no. And like they followed one another. But uh, he he had already sort of signed off uh, and like was starting to enjoy his evening with like a bottle of wine or something. And then they're like, do you have line edits for Lisa from Temecula? And they're like, I mean, yeah, you guys you guys are going to do it. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I literally, if you watch that episode, I think they go from one restaurant sketch to the other and they don't really change anything, but that one's better. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, nobody, people consume that on in clips online 99% anyway. Yeah, so absolutely. it's probably okay to do. Yeah. 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 Uh, who, who, I followed who, Sarah Sherman. I think she hosted the Lincoln Lodge mm-hmm. to, uh, in 2017 when I was there, when it was at Subterranean. And I, it was just, a nice quiet young lady <laughs> hosting a show called hell trap nightmare well that was different i mean i didn't see that one but yeah that, those pictures when i would see that were that was like mm-hmm. pre-clown days when i was not used to seeing insane uh still photography from comedy shows <laughs> cool 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 i mean comedy photography has gotten so cool i mean yeah, I mean, a Chad Damiani, Natalie Palomita, Sarah Sherman picture will make you go, what the fuck is going on there? Yeah. So I, I, I hope great. that there's like a trickle down effect in that that makes album art for comedians better rather than just like holding a mic and making a face. I got two fantastic album covers. One you do, is, Mike. You do. One, Shut them out. One is co- I am covered in blood and I cannot advertise it on Facebook. I remember that. <laughs> They're like blood, and I'm like, uh-huh. good point, point made, point made. Uh-huh. Uh, if you can't advertise on fo- Facebook, you probably can't advertise on TikTok either. I don't know, but blood, fake blood, no bueno to no bueno. to Facebook. Yeah. Is there a is there a, like a line where like it like it is looks so fake? They're like, hey, all right, that's fine. I mean, it's clearly fake, but I mean, they're like, you know, I they have whatever algorithm runs over it. And it's like, that looks like blood to our robots. So no, thank you. And it's called? The Hungry Wolf Hunts Best. There's another one called Hustle, which is a parody of a baseball card that is that nobody will get. The Venn diagram of people who would get that are my fans. Yeah, absolutely. And that reminded me that there's weirdly like special edition limited uh, like collectors, comedian cards from Tops. Oh, yeah. Somebody sent in to the Lyric Hyperion a baseball card of Nick Thune to sign. So I was just like, wow. Yeah. Because if Brody got one and then like, OK, that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. Somebody like, there is a comedy fan. Yeah. Thune got one. I want to say Ryan Sickler got one. Jeez. Yeah. These are I mean, these are just kind of all over the place. These picks, though, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't foresee. I mean, I like Sickler and I like Brody and I like Thune, but like that just seems like th- uh, there's kind of not this an overlapping 
fan or show that all three right. of those guys would like. I don't on. know them as they're either like you could play baseball or you love baseball. Yeah, I guess. I mean, okay, Brody loves baseball. I don't know if Sickler does, and I don't know if Thune does. He's from Seattle. Maybe he's I, a Mariners guy. Yeah, but it's not like Burr would make sense. Your boy Brido would make sense. Your yes, Brido would make the most sense. Kilgallen would make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of big baseball fans. Uh, uh, Morgan Murphy. Morgan Murphy is a big baseball fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bill Maher. Bill Maher. What? All right, fuck all these other lists. Let's make a list of biggest baseball fans in comedy. Bill Maher. Uh, Bill Maher. Owned owning the Mets. Uh-huh. It, uh huh. Jerry Seinfeld appears to be a Mets fan. Sure. Larry David seems to be a Dodgers. Are you, are you trying to loosely pitch like comedians being rich while watching baseball or something? Comedians being rich while watching baseball. I, can I be a guest on that show? I would like to be a guest on that show. Yeah, absolutely. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, funniest baseball players go. <laughs> I mean, Rube Waddell has got to be number one. Oh and yeah, <laughs> that guy. That guy rules. Uh, go I listen think... to the dollop, the episode of the dollop about Rube Waddell, or just sit down next to me anywhere, and I'll just tell you everything I know about it. Uh, let's see. Joey Votto seems pretty funny. Joey Votto from the Cincinnati Reds seems right. like a pretty funny guy. Freddie Freeman seems pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Not a, I mean, they're all in good moods. They're wealthy. <laughs> Except Rubadell is not, but right. Yeah. What uh, I don't know that there's been a good MLB host for SNL, has there? Mm, the Cubs were on in 2016. I'm the whole team. Uh, the uh, the star players would be on in sketches. They would get like Anthony Rizzo and stuff like that. But I don't know if there's been a baseball player who's been big enough. I mean, A Rod could theoretically be big enough to host. Yeah, he was also pretty hated. Did Jeter I, they, do it? He, yes, but Jeter, they didn't stop SNL from putting Elon Musk or Trump on. <laughs> that is that is very true. I, I'm sure that Jeter must have turned it down. You know, mm-hmm. considering Lauren Michaels is a huge, I mean, Aaron Judge, I guess, could do it. But also the Yankees haven't been good for a, a while, like good, good. Right. right. Um, right. 
yeah, I, I don't, I can't think of any off the top. Of my, I can remember football players. I can remember. Yeah, no, I think the NFL is their kind Michael of Jordan as well. Yeah, I, I thought it was kind of interesting that Travis, they got Travis Kelsey to do it. Yeah, that's weird. They must have like, they must have asked Patrick Mahomes, right? And then he's like, and then they were like, he does sound exactly like Kenny Powers. So I don't know, but he might have turned it down, right? And Travis Kelsey's like such a. Did Gronk do it? It seems like a very Gronk thing. I'm not sure. I think I, think I would Gronk need a list of people it. who's done it. Has Tom Brady done it? I don't think Tom Brady's done it, but uh, Peyton has been a good one. Peyton Manning. Yeah, Peyton Manning is is excellent, and I I remember Joe Montana being pretty bad, but Michael Jordan ruled. Sure. Michael Jordan on Stuart Smalley is like an all time great sketch. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Well, we're not here to talk about those lists. We're here to talk about <laughs> JFL new faces of Speak for yourself. 2023 and Verizon's comics to watch. Rather than, so there's like 70 or 80 something for new faces of comedy because there are six different categories or seven. There's yeah. uh, new faces. I want to do this sort of backwards. So there's new faces creators for like people who create shorts and do characters but there's also characters as well mm-hmm. and then there is a, a jfl canada new faces mm-hmm. of canada mm-hmm. international mm-hmm. uh then there's unrepped and then the wonderfully named group one and group two yeah. <laughs> which is that's the, the og yeah that's the OG yeah, list. yeah. Group one, group two. Uh, I don't know why they split them up in groups other than scheduling for their showcases. There used but... to, there used to be, yeah, because they have shows called group one. You got to split them up. There's twenty of them, so it's like, you know. right. But why do we know that? Like, just put it in a big Instagram post. Yeah, they they used to have one big MySpace post with all the pictures of the people or whatever. And really, then... they had a MySpace post, Mike. Oh, that was huge. 2006, that was the talk of Chicago. Like, uh, Hannibal Burris got it over all these people. Like, yeah, who, that are, was... who are your who are your top eight when uh, MySpace? Did you have those? Oh yeah, man. I yeah, uh, <laughs> you had to have that. My, I love. By the way, I loved MySpace. That was yeah. the best one by mm-hmm. far. Yeah, yeah. You could blog. You could learn code. Mm-hmm. you could uh bedazzle your page if you I learned say, code you could you had a fancier page than anyone else i do remember this you know of the social media moguls tom seems the less the least evil looking yeah and yeah. dan bilek <laughs> shout out to the king uh <laughs> was the number one comedian on myspace comedy because he figured out it was all ranked on video plays and that was it. Cause you could right. embed videos on mm-hmm. MySpace comedy. Right. And they ranked it only by video count. So he figured out a way to open in like an infinite number of browsers or whatever, and just play his videos on a loop. Wow. So he was, so Dan Bialek loves kittens was the number one comedian on they kept like catching him and shutting him down and then he'd reopen a new page and start wow. the whole thing over again that's not too dissimilar from from what i understand how uh maxim's woman of the year gets decided 
is just like how many photos it's always Dan Bilek number one yeah always Dan Bilek right yeah um so I'm not gonna go through all the names of new faces there's only 10 for variety but uh in the interest of time because you know we and one to actually shout out people uh i and mike will uh go over just a handful of people that we think are great um and <laughs> probably talk about some snubs along the way <laughs> sure 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 yeah, yeah prepared yeah yeah so i uh i want to hear uh, who from ostensibly like 90, almost 100 people uh, that supposedly industry prof professionals picked after months of showcases or just uh, kind of adjudicating uh, how famous they are. Uh, did you really like out of this year's uh, list between Variety and uh, New Faces? Okay, so Fumi is one of my favorite comics in the scene. I was very Fumi. happy. Abe? Yeah, there we go. I think that I, I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not I'm always like not sure. But uh, he is one of my favorite young comics mm -hmm. in the scene. Mm -hmm. um, I'll just uh, I mean, like I can I full disclosure say you asked me to submit to the vulture list. And he was one of the comics that I picked. He's I think he's great. I think that he is hilarious. I've only seen him do well in multiple venues. And I was excited to see him get picked. And that was kind of one of the people that I feel like much like ever last year where, where I think anybody would be like, well, duh. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Leslie Liao was new to me this year. She was recommended to me by Annalise Decker Hernandez. Shout out Annalise said yeah. you should book um, her on your shows. I looked at her clip. I think I looked at her um, don't, don't tell, tell clip and I was like, well, yeah, this is, yeah, yeah she's whatever um whatever people are looking for she has it in abundance i think what's she's... interesting about leslie is she's very dry but she's has, she has a fantastic deep voice that like kind of, that like adds to the, very much david angelo in, in, in that sort of way like if you're going to be dry it helps a lot if you have like a great voice which she does she did um she's done both she's done um my glendale room show and my fable show her she did like at fable people stuck around audience members stuck around to try to like talk to her i don't know if that was like dudes creeping on her because she talked about being single but people like loved her at that show right um i also liz Blanc. i wrote down uh that is a, a cleveland native who sent me a clip like saying like can i you know i would love to do your show sometime i watched her i watch everybody's clip and she's one of the people that i was like well fuck yeah we're putting this this um woman on she's um you know great stories about being a teacher relatable mm -hmm. um also i feel like um has a has a great look mm -hmm. you know and um in the not in a sexist way but it's like you remember her you know what i mean like in that way right uh i also wrote down henry sir uh, another mm -hmm. another person who's done my shows he From has canada he did new faces canada yeah and he submitted uh to do the show and I, as another person i i I don't know if i watched his don't tell set or if i just watched clips mm -hmm. but um i love his takes on kind of masculinity because mm -hmm. he's like a very masculine guy he's a bit he's like the 
tall, dark, handsome type. He's like a big, uh, athletic-looking dude who kind of um, is aware of that and talks about masculinity in a way that is kind of refreshing in a way to see from a guy who looks like who looks like that. Right. And then um, Maddie Kelly recently submitted that she's going to be in LA soon and submitted to my shows. And I was, and she talks, she looks like a child and she talks about it on uh-huh. uh, in her interact. People um, think that she's like much younger than she is. Sure. And so I don't know what that means. Cause she looks crazy young and it's probably is crazy young too. Do you know but how young is it? I mean, she, if, if uh, I don't know, I don't want to guess. I don't like, but, uh, Mm-hmm. But um, she made me laugh immediately on the clips too. I there's other people on there that I've known about for a while, but I just haven't crossed paths with. There's people who are completely new right. to me. There's a lot of names on there that I'd never heard before. But those were the five that I have um, interacted with and who I'm who I'm a fan of, of what they yeah. do. Uh, it actually you know would be a good thing to point out is that. Um, you can submit to Mike's shows because yeah, Mike watches I watch, the clips. I do watch the clips. This and if I don't get back to Mike... you, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean fuck you forever. It means not now, or it yeah. means I don't. I, it means I don't think it would go great at that show. Right, right, right. But uh, yeah, you watch the clips, and I mean, so if for those wondering about like how do I go about shows, I mean, so there's two in LA that happen every week that, that you, you can, can submit try. to. Yeah. Yeah, I I do watch the clips. I would know immediately if I think that you if I like so don't if people send me crowd work clips, I'm kind of like, this is not going to I don't know why you're sending me this. I don't want to sound pretentious. I do watch the clips. No, and I, I, I root for this moment where oh, you're yeah. like, don't send me a clip from the Steve. chateau. <laughs> Steve's the goat. He can say whatever he wants. But uh, for me, it's like if you say if you're like I'm in town from New York here's a here's a clip and then in that clip you're like what's up with that bodega specific want the specific bodega on this specific street or whatever it's just like that that's not gonna go great no or or if you send me a clip you just might not be ready to you know what i mean like some people send me clips where i'm like you're not even doing great in this (laughs) i also like i don't book based on who else is getting booked places i feel confident in my ability to watch a comedian and know if they're funny. And I book based on that. Uh, that should be empowering to comedians right. more than it should be like, you know, I'm a gatekeeper and I got to, you know, check boxes. And, you know. This may be a controversial statement and, it's, and surely I am biased, but there needs to be some gatekeeping. Bro, we've talked about the belt system no yes. one hates this on idea. Hey, let's t- talk about it here <laughs> i am willing to talk about it on this show mark geary from the lincoln lodge the yoda of comedy has brought up doing a martial arts belt system mm-hmm. i i don't hate it if there was yeah. a mic and they were like sorry we're capped out at 20 green belts and up <laughs> the adult swim baby Right. Yeah, like I'm not saying that I would like that I'd have some great belt or whatever, but uh, <laughs> if there was some sort of fair way to do it, there it would just infuriate people. There's no real way to do it. Like I guess There's I guess no a real spe- way to do it. I guess a specific venue could do it. 
Right. And it would just make everybody hate that venue. But sure. um, I encourage somebody to do a belt system. Right. I could. I mean, yeah. I could I see mean, somebody with nothing to lose being like, "Yeah, I'm. I'm doing yeah. a belt system." Remember, like, as a bit, do you like remember uh, the thousand top comics list? Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like that was such like pretty clearly like a joke. And then Rich Voss like called the guy Zach. Because Zach, because he was like, wait, all right. I mean, I'm sure you watch a lot of comedy. Or like, but I like, like, why am I, why am I not in the top one? <laughs> I I was always I never got on one of those. Like, I was just kind of like, I have never, I have not crossed paths with this guy. Apparently, I mean, that's how you get on. As I mean, it's all all a joke. But like, I got on one year because I think he just remembered that I should be on there. I know Ian Ira Russo does the list. <laughs> Oh yeah, but that one is also a joke, but it's not good. It's all open micers and every sort of little blurb is like they run a cool I show. don't think this person likes me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's pretty funny. Uh I so yeah, lists in general, they some of them are just jokes, but some of them like carry weight. Like it, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you like a black belt would entail like what TV credits or like uh, mm. festival credits. That's well, of if thing. black belts like the top, it would it be the top. Is there I mean, something I was, beyond I, it? I mean, degrees of black belt probably. Like, I mean, th- those exist. Yeah, for sure. Like so, like a new face would be like a brown belt. Uh huh. You know, the, what's coming to mind to me is like, okay, what, let's figure out what the top of a black belt would be. Well, it probably changed too, because like a half hour on Comedy Central used to be the pinnacle. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's the pinnacle is a, uh, well, it's not a Netflix, I guess an hour on HBO again. I don't know. HBO feel, I think it might be Netflix still. I think HBO well, feels Netflix like. Well, Netflix like hands them out so much, like does so many. Yeah, yeah that's true yeah i but hbo feels like they're apologizing every time that they do a special they're like sorry this is stand-up we put in um it's in claymation or some bullshit so you guys won't hate it as much sorry it's (laughs) stand-up that's how i feel about it they're like i like stand-up is my problem so it's like i don't feel like i need somebody to be like sorry we added a documentary to it make it i think personal. that's the name of your next book mike uh i like stand-up that's my problem <laughs> i mean i do and it should be i mean that that's the thing i definitely know about mike and if you're looking to submit to flagship or microdose uh mike likes jokes i do and yeah. i root i will root for your fucking clip too like <laughs> if you don't if you're not making me laugh in the clip i turn it off immediately i am so yeah. sorry <laughs> I yeah. don't. I'm saving you the Uber ride to the venue where right. you will do bad. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to. I it's, it's crazy to me. Like people send you clips where they don't do well. I've I've watched two specials. I think they were both sent to me, and like in in the hour, they're both hours. They're like, guys, you're really gonna have to like give it up for me. Like I need this to go well, and like I think you're allowed that once as like saying that ironically. But if you keep doing it, God, man, that sucks. I cut it out. Go just cut. <laughs> you can edit it out or sweeten it. Like sweeten yeah. the laughs, I guess. Like right. 
I, I'm, I remember the, a comedian that uh, mm-hmm. is famous. I told him I liked his set on John Oliver's right. Comedy Central show. And he's like, wow, they must have sweetened that. I ate shit. <laughs> I mean, so I know it's done, but yeah, I, when there's a, there's bad audiences, I guess. Sure. And, and oh, man, I did two tapings of my album at, mm-hmm the lincoln lodge and there's one that i was just like come on you guys mm-hmm. you know what i mean like right. this i need it i need more yeah especially when was it it was at a paper audience was it i think that not i think not everybody there knew what was happening oh no i think that they filled the room with is like they were yeah yeah but it wasn't it wasn't like filled with people who were there to see that you know what i mean so like there was a joke where i flubbed the wording and i had to go back and do it again and they were kind of like what are you doing it's like (laughs) oh this is an album recording right what is an album great glad you're here yeah glad comedy is popular so you oh, who be. has a joke about that? Joanne Schinderly, where she had to explain what an album is to an employee of her. Oh my god, yeah, she's told me that before. <laughs> I remember I gave my I I got CDs made of my first album and I brought it to the gym. Right. And because people were asking me about comedy at the gym. And then so I brought them in. They were like, Oh, I don't I don't have a CD player. And I was like, I'm gonna go kill myself. Shout out to Ryan McMenamin at AST Records. I also still have CDs. There you go. Yeah, it's uh oh man, that's really funny. You know, I get I get email press release uh, uh press releases about DVD slash Blu-ray releases of movies, and I'm like, who the fuck is doing this? That's great. I mean, Matt Mc- whatever Matt McCarthy in the future, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's got VHS tapes. There's some sort of Howard Kramer uh, DVD collector out there. <laughs> Oh, Howard. Yeah, he'll be ready when the singularity comes and we have to watch on DVDs. He handed me his business card. It's like, I collect DVDs. <laughs> and he's always like, where are those Brado? Where are those DVDs? Oh my god, is he becoming like like a comedian that's like following the ethos of the prestige where like the, like I have to be the, the comedian all times. I'd never... Uh, okay. I mean, some people collect stuff. I don't, I mean, that's, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna yuck is yum. Yeah. Speaking of, I mean, collect, I, I enjoy seeing your background because it's not a, a fake background. It's a real background, but it's always full of tchotchkes and memorabilia. Me? Yeah. Yeah. I got stuff all over the place. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and just connecting it. Wow. R.I.P. Uh, Paul Rubens. Yeah. That's my favorite movie. I have, I, somebody asked me. Yeah, it was, uh, but I, I, I don't know. I saw him, I saw the, what was it? The, I saw the 35th anniversary uh, tour mm-hmm. of Pee Wee's Big Adventure and he came out and did a Q&A afterwards. So I, I felt like I got, yeah. I don't know. I, it's like, it's weird. I was like, oh, I'll never meet him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, that's my favorite movie. That was my favorite Saturday morning cartoon. And all of these articles are like, he wasn't just Pee Wee. He was other things. And it's kind of like, 
fuck off i love that so like that's not enough for you then then write a different article you piece of shit like fuck you (laughs) like it's like some of us love it you know yeah and i don't i mean like the answer about that is he is more than that but it's it's not it's not like a whole lot (laughs) i mean his 30 rock episode is great uh there's stuff like that that it's like yeah he's good in everything but you know I mean, maybe. but Pee Wee's the shit. Yeah, Pee Wee's the shit. Rest in peace. Um. Okay, time for my picks. I think my you didn't even pick anybody off of Variety, right? Yeah, I. You know, I that Indian woman is great. I that she was new to me, but that's mm-hmm. all. I that's all. I and I've liked everything I've seen from Brian, but like I don't. Yeah, Brian really... got Vulture like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. So. And he's, but Brian, I mean, talk about somebody who has jokes. Yeah, that dude has got jokes. Brian's, Brian Simpson's got jokes. Um, Sabrina Wu is who I picked off of that. She, uh, or they? She, they? Oh my God, I should look this up. Uh, go, with, go with they and then. Yeah. <laughs> my apologies either way. Uh, Sabrina uh if you haven't seen Joyride, uh, Sabrina is great in it. Uh, the, wait, it's almost weird. Like, hey, the movie is a, a comedy already, but she's like comic relief for the comedy. I'm uh, I'm looking at Instagram and it is they. They. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. Thank you. Um, they were on The Tonight Show. I think they had their late night debut on The Tonight Show. And Sabrina is just a bundle of very slick fun, uh, very animated, um, not annoyingly clever, but clever and uh, like physic physicality, which a lot of times is absent from stand up. Mm. You know, yeah, not, not only in act outs, but just like the it's way hard, you, you rarely get a clever with an act out mm-hmm that's yeah a rare, that's a rare yeah. combo yeah some some people like just relying on physicality alone sure yeah i'm I'm basing all of this on uh sarah schaefer's uh routine i guess routine oh going up it that's shout out to sarah if you get a chance because i think it's doing a north american tour and it has gone to or will be going to edinburgh Sarah Schaefer does a whole hour that under the to, through the lens of uh sort of cult Scientology uh sales pitch as to what stand-up comedy is. <laughs> it's pretty fantastic too. Yeah. yeah but I uh, actually yeah, think physical... she does better than your proposed belt system that there is rungs on the stool that you go up. <laughs> well, okay. I I, it's not a perfect system, the the martial arts belt, but yeah. Also, I think that that's a new to American concept. Right. I don't right. think that they have that other places. So, right. In fact, in the Karate Kid, Mister mm-hmm. Miyagi steals mm-hmm. one off right. the table. Yeah, because it's not in his Okinawan wheelhouse. Right. When Mike told me about the belt system, 
the the first he wants it to be a sort of a structure like path where people can like oh this is how i progress through comedy the only thing i the main thing that came to mind for me was like who can i demote like i assume that i would be in charge already one and then two that i would just be in the in the shadows at shows and be like nope yeah that's part of the show everybody that's part of the fun when like you see you're in the room it's you're in the dark back of the room and the comic goes my pronouns are get a job you get to be like you get to like whistle on the play and you get to be like give me one of the stripes (laughs) yeah or you go give me that give me you're back down to a yellow yeah uh, I would take Chappelle's belt away from him. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're not interested in doing comedy anymore, Dave. <laughs> what a weird hill to 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 die on. Yeah, that's why. Have you seen Jordan Temple recently? No. Jordan's like, yeah, there are all these people, all these comics who are like, oh, I, I, I can't live without telling trans jokes. I need to tell trans jokes to live. And he says, like, then die, you goofy bitch. <laughs> we don't need you. Yeah, it's the weirdest part is that Ricky Gervais just did the same thing. Yeah. Did like all the same. And it's just like, we saw this already. Why does <laughs> this exist? Because it needs to be in like a British accent. <laughs> it needs to be a, a fraction of the funny and charisma and white. It's just. I'm sorry. He's awful. Yeah. That one is Ricky mm-hmm. Gervais is the more offensive choice to me because he, at least Chappelle, if he decides to change topics, mm-hmm. deserves specials. Yeah. But Ricky Gervais, it's kind of like, boy, we are still stuck with you, huh? Mm hmm. Yeah, you don't think um, you you don't think. Uh, well, the thing is, Ricky isn't changing any Christians' minds. Like him speaking out on atheism. Like, who's that? Great, for? great. Yeah, yeah, super. <laughs> I don't like famous people comedy. It fucking sucks. It's like mm-hmm. you can't. No one can relate to you. Mm-hmm. You're rich. What is this for? This is fucking stupid. You're just like a. You're just a personality going out there so people can cheer, and then you just say like trans people that makes my dick feel weird and then they give you a standing ovation and we go home it's not actual stand-up it's it's just being a famous person live in a theater with like relatively two or three things to say it fucking sucks like it is Is not there's a shift there's a point at which that shifts isn't there it's just like um like as a stand-up you know, like I've noticed yeah, and this... then people talk about it like you got to get out of your audience like you can't just perform to your audience. It makes you weak. You, you know, now they're just cheering. You know, like you've been in a room when a famous person has come in. It's it performing for your fans is a is, you know, we all want it. Right. <laughs> you know, like we all want to get to that point because right. it's it's easy. And like Pete Holmes described and Pete Holmes, who's medium famous like described it as like when he has a crowd that doesn't isn't there for him he was like you know he thinks to himself oh pd's gotta work for it tonight mm-hmm. and it's just like i've done 20 years of gotta work for it tonight so that's all yeah. i know i'm i'm right. assuming that once you get that audience after years of struggle for the most part for comics if they're not just like tiktok morons mm-hmm. then that's got to feel amazing but it will make you shitty as a comedian mm-hmm. right 
right. losing your relatability. If you're Ellen DeGeneres and you're going up and you're like, and you're like, I'm not very relatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, my gardener. Ha, 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 ha. It's like, this shit sucks. Yeah. This comedy sucks. Going up with a leather, a purple leather suit with um, diamond rings over your gloves. Fucking right. suck. Talking about all the women that you have sex with. Fucking right. sucks. Even on a lesser degree, Gabriel Iglesias is oh. yeah. latest special in Dodger Stadium. Yeah, it's mostly like, isn't it crazy we're here, guys? Yeah, it sucks. Like, um, I don't like palatial. I get why somebody would do it. If they said, Mike, you can, they're going to fill the Dodger Stadium to come see you do comedy. It's just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's your ego, right? Like, it's right. not. It's not the art form. It's something that breaks it's just every Todd Glass rule for a venue. Ah, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, low ceiling at Dodger Stadium, and uh, yeah, so yeah, nothing but light. You could see well. You can see a crowd. You can't see individual people, but I mean, and it's. I know that stand-ups hate stand-ups hate rules. So whatever I'm saying mm-hmm. could be proven wrong at any moment. It's right. they love sweeping generalizations. So that's what it will be. Sure. Sure. Uh, so whereas stand-up doesn't have to be funny it just has to be the truth can be as true as women do be shopping so it's like that's there's no rules but there's sweeping generalizations sure and uh that will be debated till the end of time yeah yeah next person uh someone who i've just loved for years she's also gotten on vultures lists and uh you know i why why she isn't bigger that i mean it's thankful that i'm thankful she's on this list because she should be bigger and it's Regina, Mm. who moved from san francisco i want to say eight or nine years ago that seems right yeah um i think at that time had not done clowning yet but when she moved down here started doing clown and i think was one of the first instances of seeing stand up and clowning integrated kind of beautifully like she uh one of the things that clowning if you at least take it like you don't have to do it necessarily is that it makes you much more aware of the space and using your body and using it for comedy and like you know for better or for worse fucking with the audience a little bit yeah uh, in a in a playful way not a crowd worky way that's like god are we ever going to evolve out of those two questions of like so what do you do where are you from no (laughs) there was an article that i read about um the elevated in from 1998 this this the one of the original alt shows in chicago and it was they said for it was like for fans that are sick of the where are you from mm-hmm. you do material and it's just like god damn that was mm-hmm. it, everything is sick we're in the we're in the 80s right again yeah cool i really love that <laughs> anna gets very meta uh she will do stand-up about stand-up uh but somehow gets away with it uh that's a, like a, a risky game to play <laughs> yeah but like anna will be like do here's a, an impression of uh me doing stand-up while doing stand-up yeah yeah 
uh and i've always enjoyed uh anna uh you can see anna some mondays at or i think well it, it they just moved again but there's a weekly show called loose that is now located at the north figueroa bookshop uh that she co-hosts with megan keister and allison stevenson great yeah uh asha ward you know asha you know what uh melody kamali told me about asha like uh, last year and it was just like this uh they came out of chicago like the the stand-up comedy program at columbia university in chicago and that's the thing that colleges are doing now and it like came out like a fully formed fan like amazing comedian like and so i was trying to get asha on honk because uh new york like i I can't get um them on shows or whatever but i just didn't work out but i've then they got snl and then now this uh, looks like everything is lining up and that program that comedy program at these college comedy programs are okay, I guess. Right. I wonder who's the professor. Because USC has a stand-up comedy class uh, taught by Wayne Fetterman. Did did Rutherford take? No, I mean, Rutherford. No, and... no. He went to USC. So did I. So did Dave Ross. And Carl Hess. Yep. Yep. Carl. But uh, I think me and Dave did film. I want to say Carl did too. Nick, Nick did film. Have. Yeah. Nick did film for sure. Um, Maybe they just did like campus comedy contests and didn't have them. Oh yeah, we didn't have no. The, literally, there wasn't any comedy focus until the <laughs> the year after I left. Great. <laughs> there like was a, a codified official like comedy concentration in the film program. <laughs> That's amazing. After I left, and you have you come back? Yeah, and George Lucas gave $175 million to the film school the year after I left. Great. This is yeah. all aimed at you, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was all about me, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Asha has had like a really meteoric rise. Uh, Carly Hugendike, who's been a guest on the pod, a very great, wonderful manager and producer out in New York, uh, told me about asha and um i mean we said leslie's dry asha's even more dry uh and if you really like uh extremely clever writing uh being delivered dry and 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 in an intentionally wonderful way awkwardly uh asha is someone to watch great sure uh snl writer uh for those who didn't know um Sam Morrison. I first heard about Sam because uh, Dylan Adler and Sam used to be roommates. Oh. Uh, and they have actually, like, I'm not a person who watches TikTok at all. Uh, if, if TikTok's great, I'll probably see it on Instagram Reels um, <laughs> because that's how I choose to go about my life. Um, they, they have some pretty funny things as roommates. Um, Dylan got the Late Late Show. And then Sam, um, he he actually was it off Broadway run or something like that. I, he's gotten to do a solo show called Sugar Daddy, which is I don't know that I can even do it justice in capsulating the description of it here. But um, 
it's one of those things where like the title is perfect, but you having not seen the show, you will have no idea uh, that that's what it was about. But uh, great storyteller. Um, and I think a great example of someone who is queer in New York comedy, but can play in both Manhattan and Brooklyn. Great. Yeah. You did five, so I will do five. Okay. Uh, which leads me to my last pick. Um, there's, uh, I didn't think about this until we were like doing this episode. I mean, there's a clear like Mike likes jokes. I like <laughs> fucking weird. Okay, fair. Fair. Is that yeah, a fair you know, assessment, you, Mike? You know, okay, so I always explain it to people, and this could be wildly off base, but I'm like, imagine I know that you okay, so you've been in LA for like thir- doing comedy stuff for like 13, 13 years, yeah. 14. And I've done stand up here for like 15 and then like 21 total. Mm-hmm. <laughs> imagine being in porn for that long right. and then somebody being like check out this clip of this missionary position you'd be like that's not gonna do it for me yeah but it's like really good missionary listen there's nothing wrong with really good meat and potatoes missionary but it's like that uh scene in um oh god san junipero where the, mm-hmm. like they have to start going to the bondage club because they get bored with how perfect everything is. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. So that's your co- comedy for you needs to be like a little. You you got to get some whips and chains involved. Yeah, that's why I really love watching Connor O'Malley because that guy's insane. There you go. <laughs> he like, we'll do. Uh, he'll just be a character and just scream, and it'll be funny. Um, I mean, he comments on you know late stage capitalism and a bunch of other things and that's really funny as well but i yeah i do like being surprised and i i have heard every version of the answer of where are you from how do you how what do you do for a living or even if you want to get more niche if you are a second generation uh american and you're like making fun of your immigrant parents and doing a voice because you're allowed to. I've yeah. heard all of that too. Yeah, are your your parents are are they disappointed in you of your about your choices? Did they, did they want you to be a lawyer slash engineer slash doctor? That's one of the things I ask this on Hunk a lot. I say, what is hack in 2023? Mm-hmm. And some people do have answers, but for the most part, people are like, no, it's like selling out. It's there's no such thing, mm-hmm. and that bums me out. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Like, I don't like when I'm told this comedian is the new hotness and they're doing tropes of their type that I've seen a million times. It's right. like, what is the, why are you showing me that? Why do, Why does this Ricky Gervais clip exist of him doing Chappelle when we already have Chappelle? Like, you are your own person. You are your own person. And that's where you really got to make your own. I mean, uh, I, I just wrote about this the other day, but Ben Roy's new hour there's a lot of well-trodden territory, uh, like post-COVID material. There are premises that have been explored before, but, but Ben 
is such a good writer, such a great performer. I mean, just like on on performance alone, he's just fun to watch. You like? Yeah, feel I like- mean, there's and and yes, there's that. I I I you can be a hacky comedian if you are a joy. Yeah. I'm not saying Ben is hacky, just to be clear. No, no, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I know, I know. But you but yeah, yeah. it's gotta be you can't be it's like Joe Biden. You can't be 80 and inept. You gotta choose. You know, you gotta, which choose. You gotta choose. Someone's gotta wake Joe up and like you gotta choose, buddy. Gotta choose. You, you can stay asleep, we can let you go back to sleep, or you gotta not fall off the bike anymore. Yeah, you can't do both. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so with all that in mind, uh, my last pick from this uh, is, yeah, another weirdo, and she would love that I would say that. Hannah Pilkis, uh, who I believe is back in L.A. now, lives in uh, the wondrous uh, exploding comedy scene of Pasadena. I I see her at the Lyric uh, fairly frequently. Yeah, yeah, because that's where... uh, hannah sort of like that's that's the atmosphere in which she wants to perform in i don't know that um johnny bus who owns the ice club uh, ice house it really wants weirdo character comedy <laughs> at the ice house right although they did matt besser got to do a live taping of improper humans uh last month which i wonder how that went i mean who boycotted We'll find out. <laughs> Who boycotted? Is this like that's that's Johnny Buss's check in the box? Okay, uh, the, the weirdos got their one. That's fucking the night. next list. Who boycotted is a new list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, By the way, the Bus family quietly becoming a major player in comedy. Yeah, be- because of Jay Moore marrying into them. That, that Jesus, he's a billionaire now, baby. Sweet. What is what is he doing with it? Probably a kick-ass Christopher Walken impression. What do you mean? <laughs> He's not like bolstering comedy gives back or anything. He started the careers of Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura. What do you mean? <laughs> Who boycotted? Who? Coming, coming to Pasadena. <laughs> uh, Hannah uh, does... You know, it's rare. I I actually, it's really rare to see this. Uh, I've seen Hannah do sets where she'll do half stand up and then do a character, like change costume and like do a character. That's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's interesting that people don't do that more. And it's not a vulture. Did you already say that? Did she get a vulture? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I believe last year or the year before. Um, there. I feel like audience, a lot of comedy audiences are savvy enough where it like, just because you change on stage or whatever you go, like, it's not uh, jarring. No, in fact, if you watch uh, Zach Galifianakis or my apologies, TJ Miller, like they just kind of turn away from the mic and turn back and they're an all new guy. Right. Cole Escola, you know, Cole? No. Cole's a New York guy. Uh, Very... uh, he wrote on difficult people uh and is one of the those like like on the upper echelons in this sort of queer cabaret-ish bubble of new york comedy but cole did a whole solo show it was great where he just had like 30 wigs <laughs> okay. and on stage 
Yeah. And like he would do like a mini monologue with each wig and then he would just make like interstitial commentary while he was changing on stage. That's great. Yeah. It was really, really fun. I would like also to see seeing a... that many, many wigs on stage is like just I would like to see a repeat performance done by the Putter Boss sisters. That sounds Yeah. Yeah. Man, the Putter Boss need to be on lists just in general. Yeah. Yeah, I, and they're on. Uh, oh, I know this doesn't, but they're on um, my birthday show at the Glendale Room, and they're at Fable tonight. Even though it's probably come out after. Yeah, it will come out after. Well, no, actually, it'll probably come out three hours before. Go, come yeah. get in your car right now. Continue right. listening to this in your car. Yeah, come to you, the Fable. Yeah, if you're listening to your car, drop whatever you were already going to do and come head to the to Fable. The Fable in Eagle Rock. We got oh. Lisa Traeger. We got Nate Craig. Who's on the show? We got. <laughs> it's, the, it's a great lineup. We got, I know we got folks. We got we got uh, Andy Ryder, Joanne Schinderly, Matt McCarthy. We got me. We got Danny Ledsinger. If you want to see act outs, Danny's your main man. Come tonight. Drop everything. And come yeah. Tonight. And if you do come, uh, try to think of the deepest cut Billy Joel song you possibly can. Uh, you can't get him, folks. You can't you, get him. You can't. You can't get Matt McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> most will, of matt mccarthy's stuff these him. days are spent um trying to relate every billy joel song to drinking and i, I let him i i challenged him to see how long he could do that bit i've seen him do 10 oh i i think he got to 15 at the glendale room <laughs> yeah i mean people that's... do the hits and then you know they some people try to stump him yeah, they try to stump him, and it's hard. People know an absurd amount of Billy Joel songs, all ages too. It's right, it and is... I don't see pu people pulling out their phone either. No, it's and it's like all ages of people know deep cut Billy Joel songs in a way that, like, I've mentioned Pearl Jam on stage and gotten blank looks, <laughs> but a bit of Billy Joel reference, right? Hits. It TikTok hits has a level. funny way of reviving very specific things. That will just like make them popular, or if it's like oh, Netflix. like that, yeah, that Nirvana song from Batman, things like yeah. that, yeah. Um, or like Nep, uh, Stranger Things, like revive Kate Bush's career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I'm looking forward to. Uh, I please do it to Steve Urkel. So when people make references to Steve Urkel, it won't break my heart when the audience goes, "What's that?" <laughs> you know. Now that you say that, I can't wait for someone to try to make a Harry Potter reference and then people be like, wait, wait, wait what's a Harry Potter? It's coming. It's, it is coming, guys. And it's going to blow all of your fucking minds, too. Like when someone's like, what's what's uh, Harry Potter? And you're going to be like, fucking the sorting hat. You got your top notch sorting hat bit that you just mm -hmm. wrote. You yeah. know, people won't know it. Nope. No. Nope. Be fun. Yeah. Um, uh, Hannah is, is uh, just to last few things about Hannah. Hannah is uh, mo mostly known for her characters and they are crazy and outlandish. And it's definitely like clown influence where she will interact with the audience. And um, 
she uses her height <laughs> and uh, uh and slender build to her advantage in a really really funny way uh or will play against type and that's also great um yeah it's 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 weird but not overly weird i think we've talked about this there i think there's a whole generation of people in comedy who watch tim and eric and they're like i want to do that and then um mm. they do a tim and eric impression and it's um anti-comedy in the way where it's not comedy anymore <laughs> yeah uh this happens every generation also this was uh man on the moon 1999 20 years ago and all the comedians who were trying to reverse engineer andy kaufman right so yeah it was someone trying to read war and peace on stage and it didn't work yeah yeah <laughs> you, you better get the great gatsby and go back to the drawing board uh-huh <laughs> i mean it happens because it's doing what andy kaufman did first is hard mm -hmm. and so you become andy kaufman doing what he did sec like next that shit's easy right right but that's why well yeah for copying him well that's why it's interesting yeah. no andy kaufman andy kaufman's a genius everybody who yeah. copied him sucks yeah absolutely but people that the Andy Kaufman award is interesting in that, like, it's not people who copy him, but it is like they're. It's just weirdos. I mean, it just yeah, means like original weirdo. Yeah. in the spirit, like if a Reggie Watts is getting it, there's no, on no level is he Andy Kaufman. Yeah. And but, Reggie doesn't want to be Andy Kaufman either. No, but it's like, but also at that point in time, nobody's doing this. No. Right. So that's what it is. Yeah, nobody was doing what Brent Weinbach was doing. Right. Did Pemberton win it? I don't know. I the only people I can think of are Shaw. You told me Vaderot, but like I mm -hmm. that doesn't ring a bell. Mm -hmm. Well, Nick should have won it. I mean, I mean, yeah, Nick Vaderot is the most underrated comedian of all time. I think he might be the only person who I think truly pulls off a like legitimately absurdist comedy special. Yeah, like, but Harlan he Williams can also by doing that special in the desert. I don't think it worked. Nick can also go up and do a club hour and yeah. have it and and have it just be straight ahead. And he can sell whatever weird thing he has. It's he's uh I remember Nate Craig once told me I have two favorite comedians, young Nick Vaderot and current Nick Vaderot. <laughs> Different guys, different guys, but they're both either, and he and he tours with Bill Burr, so he's uh, saying That's a lot. A, one of the things I love about Nate, and I love many things about Nate, but Nate, Nate, he, they, he is, uh, uh really good in, in a, at a lot of clubs, but it's so well written and it's it feels classical, but it's also subversive and modern at the same time, but. Uh, what the what he likes in comedy is like me, like really weird. Yeah, he's like a huge Buscemi guy, like yeah. Robert Buscemi. Like his he tours with Bill Burr. He's going up there and doing like punch you in the face, like mm -hmm. like club shit yeah. or like rowdy arena shit. Yeah, and then his favorite <laughs> his favorite comedy is the weirdest shit from Chicago. It's the best. Yeah. And, and if you if you're listening to this episode and you're, and you're like in the weird camp, go listen to any album that Robert Buscemi has done, and you'll be happy because it is super weird. 
or listen in and yeah i agree with that uh Bush, i love buscemi yeah uh for amusement only the vaderot album mm-hmm. is pound for pound the best comedy album of the past 25 years wow i'll you put it up against anything i'll put it up against anything if you disagree with me i'm sorry you are wrong are you saying album does that uh disinclude specials fuck yes okay. that pepitone special is pretty good for the masses yeah, for the masses oh uh, that burst black and white special mm-hmm. uh i mean hedberg but i mean goddamn that better out special is fantastic well disingenuous is amazing too yes yeah but i'm just saying a director's commentary in on the cd live in front of an audience who's like eating it up right (laughs) absolutely and if you're listening to this and you're a comedian yours is good too (laughs) i'm not gonna cuss on that I'll name people that were uh, snubbed from this year's new faces. That's all that's right. You want you want uh, let's, let's do two snubs. Two. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Okay. Well, how much longer do you want to go? Okay, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna say Chinadu Yunaka's. I watched his callback. He fucking murdered, and he looks like Chinadu, and he did not get it. So I don't know what happened. Robert Schultz. It's ready to go, folks. It's ready to go. They're, they're ready. They're ready to see him. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they. I don't know what they want. Uh, Dan Donahue, it's ready to go. I don't understand. Like, that, what do you guys want? Okay. Uh, Allie Clayton, it's it's right there. It's ready. She's gonna say titters. You're gonna okay. want it. Katrina Davis moving to New York. Get the fuck out of here. That's like, come on, that's a star. Moving to New York. This is news to me. And then Curtis Cook. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll only do two, but yeah. <laughs> come on, Black Canaan. Black, Black Canaan. I'll say it. Black Canaan. Black and sure, yeah, no, that's 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 very true. Yeah, I was gonna say Curtis. Curtis is definitely one who's uh, who's yeah, he, he deserves. Maybe I'm not supposed to say. So Katrina Davis may be moving to New York. I don't know. Maybe if, I don't really, know. She, told, she told me, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, you know, people go to New York from L.A. People from New York come to. Uh, to LA, it, it I I don't know. I always feel like it balances out. Yeah, like a domain moved there. Yeah, but a domain lives back here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Curtis would be one of them for sure. Uh, I mean, I think this is like a good intersection for both of us. Milan Patel, who has jokes, <laughs> but they're all extremely weird. Yeah, he's a weirdo that you love, and he's great. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a better joke about the atomic bomb that I've heard than Neelan's. He's super. Yeah. Is that going to be a new catchphrase that you do, Mike? Yeah, ready to go. I mean, it's good. I don't like if it, if the whole fucking thing is that they're ready to be seen by industry. Mm-hmm. Like all of those people have their voice. Right. They're all extremely castable. Right. They're all extremely talented. Right ready to go yeah oh Roz hernandez I oh right yeah Roz. yeah that's another one I, i'm kind of shocked honestly yeah it, it checks all those boxes you industry fucks <laughs> she doesn't love doing her material <laughs> no isn't that great 
She will take surveys of the crowd and have little asides, but she has great jokes if she just like embraced the fact that they were great. Yeah, well she's written had it down jokes. a Jimmy Pardo route where Jimmy has 30 minutes and he never wants to do any of it. Yeah, it's yes. Yeah, it's it's she's I guess I could see if you're sick of your material or whatever, but <laughs> like an industry showcase when you're just like throwing your set away. It's kind of like super, right. you know. Right. Well, Mike, that concludes this very special um, all-star picks of the comics to watch new faces. So new comics faces to watch of Montreal or whatever you want to call it. Um, yes, that's the right answer. And if and if you're listening to this and you're a comedian, you also were snubbed. You also were snubbed. That would be great on a t-shirt. You also were snubbed. <laughs> Yes, in the you're on my uh, list. oh my you're god, on my list of this stuff. is such the nerdy niche episode in the holy fuck font. <laughs> you also were snubbed. Yeah, holy fuck. Yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, I like a holy fuck font. Yeah, I do. Dave, I mean, Dave Ross, great at comedy, uh, also great at graphic design. That's part of it. Yeah, he has a lot of great graphic design jokes. <laughs> That's what they always say about him. <laughs> I hope Dave hears this and I hear about this. <laughs> hey, bro, listen to the app. What? Yeah. <laughs> and actually, he never talks about that. Instead, I thought but... you were going to talk about my uh, takes on masculinity and, and my father. And, uh, and, ca- nope. and cats. And cats. No, uh, my graphic design. <laughs> yep. Yep. His graphic design. Yeah, they go hand in hand uh mike what what, what's the name of that book when does it come out again the book comes out september 25th it's called the perfect amount of wrong it's the history of the chicago alt comedy scene uh the era covers some of the some of your favorites including matt bronger beth stelling pete holmes kyle canane hannibal burris cameron esposito kumail nanjiani uh your boy brido and a lot more it comes out please if you're interested in comedy and reading about comedy uh that i interviewed hundreds of hours of interviews for that book um so yeah check that out and uh, you can listen to my podcast hunk uh with mike bridenstine where jake kroger is a frequent guest and in a fan favorite oh i love i love doing hunk Especially because the song tournament covers eras that I of music I actually listen to. They're in 1968 later today. Yeah, I love how everyone else is like, my God, Mike, the four, five songs on this list are fucking boring as hell. It's well, it is it goes into some wild. The 60s are interesting in the fact that it's like the generational gap is just never more like apparent than like the Beatles and then like some orchestra. Yeah. Like it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. No, Hello Dolly and the Beatles are on the same. It's crazy. Yeah. It's really, really crazy. Uh, and you can go to uh, the Fable on Wednesdays for yeah, Microdose then... at 8 p.m. Free show. You can go to, to the Glendale Room on uh, for Flagship on Fridays. Was that five bucks? I think it's 10. And 10. then, um, you know, otherwise I'll be at the Lyric Hyperion and. You can uh, um, tell me that I'm wrong about comedy there. I'll be at the bar. Yeah, and then I feel like what what would happen is you're going to look at Uriah and be like, "Uh uh-huh, sure. (laughs) 
<laughs> Uriah will probably be there as well. Uriah Westman he has the best open mic in town, folks. Uh, manages to sound like an old timey person more so than Mark Normand. I mean, Uriah Westman. God, he's. I'm gonna have to tell him he's mentioned on this one too. He gets so excited mm-hmm. when his name comes up on Punk. Is like a movie character was a real person, like a Steve Zahn movie character. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you have just watched Barbie, it's like a, a like somebody from Barbie Land has come into the real world and they haven't really adjusted. He's if that character was like, oh man, I just heard a lot of Rodney Dangerfield, and I'm gonna try it. Mm-hmm. Get him a tie. Does he need a tie? I'll lend him a tie. He also survived three cults. Has an incredible backstory. And I'm why like, have I, I not heard this? I know that's what I'm saying. Like he does it during the storytelling, Mike. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why don't you talk about this? Yeah. Like, why the character? Like, you should talk about the character. You fine. can write Maybe it in joke form. Max Beasley does that. It yeah. Flips the idea of transitioning in a new, yeah. fascinating way. So come yeah. on. Yeah. Max has an incredible backstory that I am encouraging. Or uh, sorry, Uriah has an incredible mm-hmm. backstory that I'm trying to get him to focus on. All right. Well, then in that case, go to the open mic at the Lyric Hyperion on Mondays at 9 p.m. Yeah. You get four minutes now, I think. There's also talk of breaking news here of it starting at 7.30 and taking over both slots. It all depends on what Janet Evelette does with her clown church. But yeah, that mic is a success and we want to see it keep keep going. Right. Uh, shout out Liz Zagoni and shout out Claire O'Neill. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm Jay Corey. I created the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com, at the Comedy Bureau on socials. You can find me on Instagram at not the supermarket, on Twitter at MFJ Kroger. I tried to join Blue Sky, but they're still doing invite only. So your boy's still waiting. Uh, I do, let's all pick one and just do that. I don't want to have to start four accounts. Um, so many great causes to support at this time. I'd ask that you please support those entertainment community fund, those migrants that are sleeping on the street in New York. What take one, pick one and support that if you have money and generosity left over. Uh, the Patreon for the Comedy Bureau went down another ten dollars, so <laughs> please support it. Uh, so I can stay, um, fed, I think, uh, and other things. Um, <laughs> Do you have anything to say as we sign off here? Uh, Support, support Jay Carter. Nobody has been more supportive of LA comedy over the past Baker's dozen plus one years as Jay Kroger. He is invaluable to the scene. And so you should support him and you can uh, pay it, give it back. I don't know how to say things. Pay it back or pay it forward. Either one works. Yeah. I accept both. Yeah, you know, when you say accept EBT, I accept pay forward, pay it back. He said accepts pay forward, so there you go. He's ready to go. <laughs> I've been fucking ready to go. <laughs> oh, live comedy is happening, uh, and uh, please go and watch it, and uh, as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it! Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Grineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.